Welcome to the Educators Blueprint Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we engage in meaningful conversations on topics currently impacting our school systems, behavior, and instructional practices. From the classroom to the boardroom, we welcome you to unpack, reflect, and learn with us. Now here's your hosts. Hello, colleagues and friends around the world. We are so glad you are joining us today for the Educator's Blueprint. My name is Jamie Greasehaber, and I'm here with my co-host, Lisa Powers. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Jamie. How are you today? Glad to be back in St. Louis. How about you? Me too. Yes. What a change from the time we left for the conference and coming back 80 degrees to I have 40 something. Yeah, there was a 40 degree swing there and just... (laughs) And I think we brought the cold front home with us on that bumpy plane ride. <laughs> so before we get started, uh, we are going to talk about the Illinois Forum. There were so many highlights from the keynote, and then we're going to jump into the district strand where you and I spent pretty much all of our time. <laughs> yeah, it was a great conference. It was such a good, the energy was crazy. And it seemed like there were so many new faces there, you know, districts coming on and new faces in the field. So it was super fun. Are there any fun facts you want to share related or not related to the conference? Well, I think related to the conference, it was, it's a fun fact and a sad fact. So I'll put those both together, but Lucille Eber's retirement is really one of the founding Uh, leaders of this work and her keynote was amazing and her and honoring her was touching we'll miss her in the in the field but she will live on through everyone she worked with yeah a lot of people celebrating her work and it sounds like she's doing retirement the right way absolutely (laughs) and (laughs) educators don't seem to know how to retire it sounds like she's gonna do it right (laughs) travel the world So with that, why don't we give our listeners some highlights from the keynote uh, connected to the district strand that we worked on? Yeah, I wonder if it might help to kind of even just talk about it. So this is the PBIS Leadership Forum that happens annually in the Midwest in Chicago. And the forum brings together exemplars from around the country uh, and partners with The forum brings exemplars together to share what has worked, what hasn't worked, and some next steps. And they keep it around topics. So there's 10 topics across this across the forum. And Jamie and I were responsible to co-facilitate the district strand topic. So today we're really going to focus a lot on the work at the district level and what we learned from listening to what we have 12 exemplars. And a facilitated mm-hmm. discussion. So quite a few exemplars. And then we thought the keynote connected as well, like you just said. So we could bring in the keynote and talk about some work that's happening nationally. Yeah. So some of my favorites from uh, Dr. Eber's keynote, there was a lot about the system the framework and the alignment of mental health to um, academic and social emotional behavioral. So some of the interconnected systems framework was pulled in to the conversation, school safety 
is coming up as something that we really need to focus on systematically across tiers. And so what does that look like to engage stakeholders and students in those conversations? Student voice was another one. Um, coming off the, the tales of our first podcast with students, we actually got to hear some students speak their perspective and the impact of PBIS on them. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. What would you add? Well, I think connected to what you said, uh, Lucia was driving home. No matter what we do, there's new grants, new initiatives, new projects coming out, whatever we do, don't set up separate systems. Mm. So if we need to have a, a threat assessment team or a school safety team or a trauma-informed team, that's that they're connected to this work. I thought that was important. Um, and really talking a lot about this safe, the health and safety of, and wellness of educators, that that should be on our list as well. And then where we are headed, which I think we'll wrap up with. (laughs) Yeah, we'll bring, we'll bring home that conversation. So within the district stream, why don't we start with surfacing a few of the questions that were brought in the room, and then maybe we can talk through some of the things that we observe some ahas uh, participants had and some of what the exemplars shared. So what were some of the common themes you heard? I think the biggest question we got over and over is where do you start? Mm -hmm. How do you start this? What does it mean to build a district team? And I think listening to the exemplars, there was a common, some common themes Mm -hmm. around let's talk, figure out first who you can get around the table, mm-hmm. have a variety of people, be open to adding people to that team, and then having data there at the beginning to guide your work, know what you're trying to do. I think one thing that came in later that is important is what is that? So you have these people on a team from a variety of expertise. So you have somebody from cabinet, you have somebody from professional development, you have somebody from technology, you have somebody mental health expertise, you have somebody with PBS expertise. What kind of training or coaching or skills or knowledge does that team need to lead this work? And that's when we talked about the new tool that'll be available in the PD blueprint soon that will assess and guide by finding your strengths as a team and then finding some areas where you might want to study or grow together. Yeah. Some natural starting points. That was another, that was a common barrier that was brought up by participants. What happens if leadership at the highest level doesn't have full working knowledge of the framework? Mm -hmm. And so how do they support and value and prioritize decisions to keep the work moving forward. And so talking about a baseline assessment of those knowledge and skills might offer a starting point or differentiated starting point Mm -hmm. for different people um, in leadership so that the work can be truly supported. I think the other thing I'd add is that they're all growing together. Back in the day, you and I, when we would work with teams would have sort of that magnet on the table which Uh is the guide to the uh, essential features of district work. Mm -hmm. So having that magnet on the table so that we can keep referring to it as we're as a, as a team is super helpful in learning the process. 
Well, kind of connected, uh, Dr. Nancy Johnson talked about linking the priorities. So now you've got a team, now you have data at the table to guide where you're going, and you kind of have a plan for where your strengths are as a team and where you're going, linking the work to the priorities, linked to what are your dis- district requirements and what are your state requirements yeah. so that the team is working to help push the district forward in alignment with the state. Makes it relevant, meaningful, and, and connected for sure. So we had 12 exemplars, three across three content areas. We started with alignment and mm-hmm. policy. Policy. Thank you. Our second group was around data Mm -hmm. and our third was around coaching. And the way we framed up each conversation with the exemplars was getting ready, getting started and getting better. Mm -hmm. Finally got it. (laughs) You had it all the time. I was the one that was missing it, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't we start with across those strands, some things that were touched on for audience members that might be getting ready. They're peeking over the, the fence at this district level work, kind of bringing this framework into their district. You want to talk through some of the things that the exemplars brought in the room around this area? I think the first thing is what tools do you use to, to guide this work? And the mm-hmm. things we recommended was starting with the implementer's blueprint. And it follows that same language of getting ready, getting started, getting better and looking at the overall picture of what you're trying to do. And then layering on with the blueprint, the district system fidelity inventory is an actual tool you can use to help develop your action plan. So when people ask, where do you start? You have your team, you have your data. This might be some first steps that you all learn and work with together. We did talk a lot about, and this was, uh, Terry talked about this, and I, and I think other people did as well, but inviting staff to join the converse- conversation versus demanding them to be in the conversation or assigning them to it. Like all are invited. You're invited to this conversation. Here's what we're going to talk about so that you can have voice and choice. And that shift, he said he had 100% staff participation when it was, you don't have to come, you're invited to come and engage and help be a part of the problem solving and the movement forward. And he had, I thought that was really, really powerful and insightful as a takeaway. They also, these leaders that are, were further down the road talked about of what PBS is or isn't, even using that as your language versus MTSS or whatever else, really addressing those anticipated barriers that we often hear about as to why it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, and I think you kind of touched on this, those pain points uh, start where their perceived need is the greatest, Mm -hmm. right? So you can't do all the things. What is the thing that's keeping you up at night and how can we start chipping away at that? That aligns with what we shared. There's a technical brief from research that was done um, studying implementation of MTSS. And that was a a point they talked about as well, is that get in there, find out what they need and start there. Mm -hmm. We also recommend you take a look at that brief because having some good insights in there as well. Taking notes on these resources. We've got 10 things. Big (laughs) takeaways. There's a lot of resources. 
Okay, so let's move to getting started. So these are people that are kind of emerging. They've been initial implementation. They're really starting to kind of get their feet wet in the work. What were some of the big ideas in this layer of the conversation? Yeah, they really asked the question. This comes up every time we um, have conversations around this. I can't get buy-in. I can't get buy-in. What does buy-in look like? And we talked a lot about buy-in versus ownership. How do we invite people to the table so that they own the work with us? That seemed to have some momentum. Mm. What's the difference? The difference would be, I may not be at every meeting or able to attend every meeting, but somewhere in our cycle of implementation, there are processes and procedures in place to get stakeholder input so that you can find out what's working, sort of social validity pre-post, what's working, what's not working from your community or stakeholders. So including those systems and part of your district leadership teamwork as you're beginning to implement are important because you'll know right away. Mm -hmm. I also think about buy-in. I think it's a powerful distinction. And I think about in my my own life, buy-in might be I've put money in the pot. I've got skin in the game. There's this external pressure (laughs) to show up and ownership is more, it's an internal, it's a core value of mine. It's a belief set. And I am intrinsically motivated to see this through. So ownership, I think aligned to that, the the strategies we use to approach it and engage people looks different. Mm -hmm. It's doing things with people, walking alongside people versus two people. That's our jam. Yep. <laughs> okay, talk about coaching and technical assistance. Well, one of the things we know is that's key to successful implementation. And the more you can plan that out ahead of time, gone are the days we talked about this, gone are the days where you're full day sitting in PD and someone's going to come to every single meeting that you have. Um, resources are scarce. So we talked about coaching as a function. Hmm and differentiated coaching. So putting and investing uh, the coaching support, the topic and the intensity based on data. In buildings, Mm -hmm. which I also think is a shift. So with the resource scarcity, how do you think about the people and skills you already have and how do you leverage those to support fidelity of implementation with coaching support? So we go from contact knowledge to application with feedback. Mm-hmm. We also talked about workforce capacity in this uh, section as well. How can support and coaching be part of a function of a job that already exists? Yep. yep. Very I that work a little bit. We also shared our coaching tips document, mm-hmm. which aligns to the DSFI. So one of the things Jamie and I've, no, and and the MU Center team have noticed over time is we have a lot of resources up on um, the National Center. And it, at the beginning, and even when you're getting started, it's sometimes difficult to access and use all this information sure. because it's all coming at you at one time. So what MU Center did is we took each of the features of the DSFI link them to a scope and sequence of key questions around each feature. And then Jamie and I took resources that currently existed and identified a quick, a quick guide to where you could 
see examples or a tool that would go along with that feature. And then we had some coaching tips connected to each one of them. Kind of so, a plug and play. <laughs> yep. And so when you're action planning, you don't have to read a 200 page guide. You can use this tool to help maybe just find a page or two that might help you think about some activities and next steps for your action plan around the DSFI. And then as always, alignment to academics was another thing that that was in the room throughout the day is, is how do we integrate versus isolate? So yeah, that's what we're all working to figure out. We do know that there's good outcomes with PBIS, but if we don't pay attention to our instructional piece as well, we're not going to move that instructional piece. So we, we need to pay attention to both of them at the same time. And help teachers build mm -hmm. efficacy around tools and strategies for effective classrooms, which helps them practice effective feedback, which is great mm -hmm. for instruction as well. So all related. So then final getting better. So we've been in this work for a while. We know there's opportunities, uh, maybe to move to advanced tiers, maybe to realign. So let's talk a little bit about some of what the exemplars brought in the room at this level. I'll start with talking about what Dr. Jane Crawford discussed. She talked about alignment and that it's important to align across all systems and priorities. So as they bring in uh, restorative practices now, mm -hmm. they're bringing it into their MTSS team as part of that work. The other piece she provided a specific example about is culturally responsive classrooms the district has been working, I don't know, last four or five years on effective, effective classroom practices out of the state of Missouri. And their district now has equity standards. And as part of that equity standards, they have culturally responsive classrooms. They didn't want to overwhelm teachers with it. So they linked the culturally responsive classroom practices right into the effective classroom practices. So that when they're doing any kind of training or any kind of feedback cycles or safe practice cycles, that these things are connected and not separate. Joyce West from Gardner Public Schools, she's district coordinator. She talked a lot about coaching functions within buildings, um, embedding them in PLCs or communities of practice systematically. And she talked a lot about documenting processes. So um, this came up is in the, where do you start? And every leader that's down the road in this work said, document everything, document that. And before you know it, you have a playbook. Mm -hmm. It's so don't wait, document along the way, things will change and improve and evolve, but start when you start, start writing it down. Mm -hmm. Although that was great advice. Cause some of them are playing catch up with it. Sure. And having to write full books. But if you started right at the beginning, yeah. um, it also gives people a common set of language, a common language and common processes to use together. So if I work in one school and then I work in another school, if this is our agreed upon process, I'm already better connected to the to the other school. She provided a cool graphic that showed the interconnectedness of every um, every level and how communication goes both ways. Um, I'll see if I can get that into the resource yep. section. Yep. 
Um, and then she talked about moving to advanced tiers. So mm -hmm. how, how do you know when you're ready? How do you systematically do it? How do you build on the strengths and systems you already have in place and layer? So always working towards that continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. And even when you move to advanced tiers, we talked about going back to getting ready. Yep. You may need to go back to the getting ready phases. Circle. Getting started <laughs> and then getting better. Yes. <laughs> But we're not done if we just put tier one in place. That's right. That's right. Okay. So to kind of round the corner home, why don't we talk a little bit about where the work is headed in PBIS 6? Yeah. So first, yay, yay, yay. PBIS 6. So that's the work that's continues. Exciting. The work continues. We did talk in our closing session about some possible activities for PBIS 6 and this is just Jamie and I learning alongside you because we haven't had any conversations with our team yet, but that there would be maybe new measures, tools, and guides uh, with a focus on school safety moving forward. Mm -hmm. There may be some additional website and web application tools to make it easier for people to find things. We're going to still be on social media and we're going to have a webinar series on current topics throughout the six years. We'll continue with the National PBIS Leadership Forum. We will continue supporting state leaders in this work. We'll develop communities of practice on events or key topics, and then resources to support pre-service training on PBS and higher ed. So stay tuned, <laughs> just like we are. We will keep you posted as we learn. That's what we know at this moment in time. Yeah. I do want to end with a quote that actually Dr. Jane Crawford mm -hmm. said in the conversation. And it really spoke to me because I think with district level implementation, it's sort of like a fight, flight, or freeze. It's so much. You're, you just, you don't want to do anything and you just keep avoiding, avoiding. And she said to the audience and the panel at the end, she said, the best way out of overwhelm is messy action. Mm -hmm. So think about that as we wrap things up. What does it look like to take one step that's messy but thoughtful towards where you want to go? Until next time, please subscribe to the Educator's Blueprint. Go back and listen to season one and two. Stay up with us in season three. Please share with friends and colleagues and check out our show notes for resources. If you'd like to be on the podcast and we're looking for people, click the little <laughs> link below and apply. We can't wait to have you join us next time. Until then, we invite you to take some time for tea and remember to take care of yourself and others. Thanks for listening. Educators Blueprint podcast team would like to say thanks to our guests today in addition to our music composer, Austin Gross, our graphic designer, Evan Courtney from Creative Courtney, the NU Center team for school-wide positive behavior supports, and me, Grace Linguffy, your MC. Thanks again for listening.
said blueprint. 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 Okay, try it again. <sighs> take three. It's actually take four, mom. Okay, go. <laughs> oh, okay, I love you. Mwah. <laughs>